help my DTC grow. Strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brand. How can you ensure that you focus on the right problems and test the right solutions as you scale up? Niels is the founder of 3Tech, a company that helps small and big e-commerce and software-as-a-service companies grow through experimentation and conversion optimization. He will give you practical tips on how could you research ideas, implement tests, and be sure to get the most out of your efforts. From this episode, you will get the answers to the following questions. How could you prioritize your test ideas? What frameworks are commonly used? Why do you need to start generating insights and asking the right questions? What factors should you consider when implementing test ideas? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I asked all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips, and tools to use. Now, let's get ready! What was the reason that you wanted to be an agency? Oftentimes people start with just they want to build an agency. For me, it wasn't quite like that, but I was for the longest time, actually right after my A-levels, um, like right after high school, I was um, building websites for people as a freelancer, right? Over time, that just became me needing help from other people. So in 2017, I think I created a retech agency, then started hiring people uh, a bit later. Over time, like this was still us building, building websites, primarily online shops, helping with all sorts of problems. And over time, we just realized that the demand for websites is just like the service we were offering was more of a commodity because everybody can just build websites, create online shops. And we realized that in more and more briefings we got, there was this goals being set. So we want to increase conversion rate. This is why we're doing the relaunch or other things, right? They just want to increase amount of leads they, they, they get or whatever it is. And we realized, okay, let's let's just start switching our service around from like doing relaunches or uh, making changes to websites or creating designs to to actually help people reach those goals. And over time, I, back then, I didn't even know about the term conversion rate optimization, but I realized that there is a demand for something measurable. And over time, that then turned into us offering conversion rate optimization. That turned then into offering A-B testing as a means to to help these companies. Now we're here helping uh, e-com and SaaS companies grow. Obviously, now it's not limited to just working on conversion rates anymore, but it's really under, trying to understand the user uh, and help them make the best decision for themselves, which then in turn helps the companies we work make the best changes to say their websites and landing pages online shops and even now that we work with SaaS companies helping them uh, um, improve their product for example you mentioned that a b testing is one of one of your expertise how can a company prioritize its test ids what frameworks are commonly used if you just google a test idea prioritization or even prioritization of itself you'll find a number of prioritization frameworks. Some only require like three inputs, some are more like, for example, the ICE one, um, then there is Pi, then there is the one from PXL, the PXL one from Spiro or uh, previously, I think, uh, CXL, which focuses more on objectivity, which tr- which tries to take out the, the factors, is something impactful or not? Because maybe you don't have the expertise or you don't even want to uh, include impact in a prioritization but it's usually like depending on which uh, framework you look at um, for example we also built built our own framework to just fit our needs and also tweak it slightly for for some customers as some of our clients but the idea behind most of these frameworks is basically to to take numbers of factors you know where you can uh, 
like put a number uh, towards and then in some way combine these numbers to get a score and then just uh, sort them by the highest score, which should then inform you, okay, this is this is the test that has most likely the, the highest highest impact. Uh, then again, we, we use also other means of prioritization in the for, for us specifically, but for people or especially also small brands starting out, like something like the the Pi or PXL is is usually a good way to start. So any any D two C brand could start with with this framework, and maybe afterwards they will find an agency to have them. Yeah, for sure. Well, what I always encourage is um, brands, even before working with an agency, familiarizing themselves with uh, how things could be done. So they also then, when hiring an agency, they do understand why decisions are being made towards, uh, say, test idea prioritization or whatever it is. But um, generally, most of the things brands could do internally, like say prioritization, say research, all of the things, but oftentimes they just either don't have the capacity to do it internally, but definitely uh, getting familiarized with the process of conversion rate optimization, if I was to put it in, in into one thing, then uh, is, is definitely a good thing. Yeah. How could a DTC brand know for sure that they are focusing on the right problems and uh, communication when they are scaling up? I know that maybe A-B test also could help, but are there any other stuff that could have them. So so before answering the question, like A-B testing to the way I see it is is just a tool, right? It's it's not a magic bullet to to help you grow. It's just a tool to make sure that whatever you're changing or whatever you're doing is also um, go, taking you in the right direction, right? For a company to understand whether or not they're actually contribute, contributing and, and to, to, to their bottom line or that they're solving the right problems, I think it really comes down to is what the company is doing trying to solve a customer problem, a problem for one of their, for not one of their, but for their customers. If a company is trying to just optimize, say, AOV, then this is something they're purely doing for themselves. It's not solving any customer problem any any consumer problem but if they um, for example look at it from i'll just give an example if they look at okay what are other products that would help my customers and my my visitors in the store maybe fill their baskets with so it so it makes sense then this is solving a real consumer problem but if you just go from a from a pure company perspective that's not really solving the the consumer problem so i'm very much into um customer centricity and making sure that everything we do is basically helping the consumer make the right choice because this is also something that consumers value so that they're not tricked into the wrong decision and so it's like solving customer problems is when you do that then you know you're on the right track and what are the resources of uh, insights that a company can use to generate these test ideas you mentioned the customer i i i'm sure that it's it's a one source of it I'll start with why do research in the first place, right? So if I look at a website, I could probably give you 100 test ideas from just looking at one, say, landing page or product detail page or whatever it is. But the question is, are these ideas really contributing what to what's important to the, to the consumer? Because in most cases, I'm not the consumer. But it's good to have these ideas, but then to, in a way, fact check um, these ideas with what is important to the cons- customer or consumer. So one of these things could be just reading through reviews through comments under your social media posts or your ads even. This could be, if you look at the the customer journey, oftentimes people just reach out to customer support 
and even after buying. So you want to check with your customer support agents or have them regularly give you give you reports on what, what are common problems, um, what, what are things people do not understand. Then also, if you, depending on how many returns you get, but understanding what is, are the reasons for returns, is this something we could have avoided way earlier uh, in the customer journey, maybe by just communicating uh, a certain aspect of the product better, right? Stuff like that. And I think in if I look over over all the work that we're doing with clients, like a, a good chunk of insights is coming from better understanding the customer. And I think as a, as a brand, you just need to understand what are the touch points I have with our consumers and then go from there. If, for example, you have Facebook groups or like a community that you're building, use that. It's, it's like the easiest and oftentimes free insights and very valuable insights that you're getting just to better understand where people are at, what, what, what really drives them to once buy first with you, what almost kept them from purchasing, but also what keeps them, what makes them keep coming back, right? Being very consumer-centric. But then there's also, just, just to quickly mention, there's also analytics and heat maps and recordings, all those things, but... But I think going customer-centric in general is the best approach. How can a small company start generating these insights? And the most important thing, uh, how could they ask the right questions? I think the good questions generally come from being open to the answer. So if you are going to ask a customer a question about why they made the purchase decision and you already think you know the answer, then you're never going to get to why they really purchased or didn't purchase or whatever it is. But I think small brands, oftentimes it's just them actually calling people, right? Of course, when they bought and just just asking, hey, uh, we just saw you ordered, I, want, I don't know, a, a bike, for example, or you ordered this product, hope it's already... Uh, arrived or whatever can you help us a couple of minutes and just ask we want to ask like two three questions for example is there anything we could have done better for customers it's oftentimes hard to answer these questions but if you really try to then dig into the why and try to understand why did they buy why did they almost didn't buy well also maybe ask stuff like what competitors do you look into? Was price a concern? Was it features? Was it the, the quality of the product that is most important to you? Just really understanding what are the components in the decision-making process that eventually led to them making the decision. How could I be sure that they are honest and they tell me the truth? You can't. And there is, so I think it, this comes down to experience. Don't just do like three interviews and then think you know the answer but do like 10, 20 of them. Do them regularly. So something I usually advise is just regularly have people call or just in the chat talk with customers and whatever. You will never know. But this is one side of the coin. You will just have to assume that people give you the right answers. And usually there is no incentive for them to lie. So that's that. But then also um, taking these interviews with a grain of salt in that there is a difference between what people say and what people do. So if people say it's really important for us, for me, that you have a good recommendations, that you have good um, uh, social proof, it might still be other reasons. But this is like research is always a starting point for developing ideas, for developing insights, and then you should still test them, right? You should, and, and whether or not this is through an A-B test or if you try to, in, in other ways, validate these ideas, that's up to you. But the research is not there to give the definite answer, but to get an idea of what we can do next. Where is there potential for optimization? And the same goes for not just uh, like consumer and, and customer voice interviews or um, uh, research strategies, but also for looking into analytics or going, going down the rabbit hole of uh, watching people actually use your shop through recording, say, through Hotjar, whatever it is, then uh, coming up with ideas on, of how to improve customer journey. Yeah, it, it could be really hard and harsh to look into a mirror 
because like if you're talking with the customers and looking these data that uh, analyze your customer uh, wandering around your page it could be really like looking in the mirror and and uh, get you some concerns that okay am i doing the right thing or or am i not maybe it, it's like digging deep into your mission with the help of of customer problems do you agree i just said like with asking these questions you need to be open to the answer and whatever answers uh, you're getting and the same i think generally applies to research and a b testing and everything we're doing because if you're already so sure that whatever you're doing is the best way, then why test? Then why even do these things? I think you need to be open to even making shifts in your company or as a brand that might be counterintuitive to you, but that make total sense and maybe even just subconsciously to the people who buy from you. If, if that is even making change to your mission, of course, this is critical and this won't happen as many times, but sometimes it's just starting to change the messaging of the way you communicate your mission, right? Maybe it's different things that people care about, but they're still in line with your mission. And if this is something you find out through research or through CRO or A-B testing in general, then that's okay. But you need to be open to these things. And I think the tools that you get from CRO, from A-B testing, or just research, if, if that's all you can do right now, then that's okay. These tools like really help you get there. And I think as a business in general, you should be open to, to change. Because there is only one thing that's certain, and that is that things are going to change eventually. So going with the flow there. How could I be sure that that I'm asking the the right question? Like uh, if I'm asking from you that okay, how should our profit go up in the next three months? Is it a good question or or not? How to ask these questions when I start uh, experimenting and testing stuff? How could I be sure that it's best question that I could ask? So you mean questions now to to me as an agency or what do you mean? Or, or for myself, like a business problem. I once heard this, if you have a problem in your personal life, it's going to reflect in your business. And I think it's it goes the same way with if you're solving the right problems for the right people and making the right impact, then this is going to reflect the same way in, in your business, right? Maybe it's not 100% answering the question if, if you're asking the right questions. But I think you always need to make sure that what you're doing aligns with real customer problems. And then like what we would like to do, for example, we, we, we built this, if, if it's not there already, we would like to build these goal tree maps. So as a company, you might set a goal for the end of the year, which is uh, making $10 million. $10 million. So even if, it's, even if it's just 100,000, right? And then really looking at what are the factors what are the, the the key metrics that contribute to this goal? And then going down, like what are, for example, if we have had, the, say, revenue and $10 million, what would be the, the factors? One is, of course, if you have, a, for example, a subscription product, you want people to reach to retain as long as possible, right? Yeah, so you have your retention. You want more people in the beginning to actually start purchasing from you. And then you also want them to purchase more or even higher, more expensive products. So there is multiple factors. And then you go down and like start breaking these down. What what helps people make, like actually purchase in the first place? What helps people purchase again? Well, like what's, what's helping with the retention? Then if you're at that point where you basically understand your business, which is I think generally very important, then you can also see, okay, am I asking the right question? Is it really important that we 
make X amount of revenue? Or is the real thing that I can tactically do right now, just help consumers, like educate consumers better or whatever it is you'll, you'll see from that graph, from that um, gold tree map. I think you can just Google it and you'll find a couple explanations. But I think if you really have a clear picture of what is helping you grow as a brand and what are all the contributing factors, then you can see and, and put that next to the question you want to evaluate and then go from there. And how could a DTC company use behavioral data to generate insights and to test ideas? So how, how customers behave and not, not maybe not just asking them. So what we usually do is, and with everything, like if, for example, if we create an A-B test and we have a hypothesis and we might uh, say something like, okay, if we make it more clear for consumers how the say shipping works and there is no questions about that, then uh, they have a higher likelihood of, uh, of converting and this helps average revenue per user going up, right? Like very simple hypothesis, but then what, what actual consumer problem are we solving, right? So what we usually do, we have these hypotheses and we, we could have a hundred of them and we could have a hundred of these hypotheses. Then later we want to understand now, what is it really? Like in what direction are we optimizing? And this is where we use behavioral hypotheses that are basically the solution to one identified customer or consumer problem that we identify, for example, through research. To make a very simple and generic example is that, like, okay, social proof helps consumers make better purchase decisions, right? Or helps them buy in, in throughout the customer journey. And this could be a simple, very simple one. There is, of course, a boatload. And the important thing is here to first identify the consumer problem. And for example, this could be that in you realize throughout your research that um, consumers are having a hard time deciding whether or not to go for a subscription version of your offer or for the single purchase one. Then people, you could identify the problem that they just don't want to commit, right? Uh, they want to, they are not sure if the product is right for them. Um, or whatever it is, you have a real problem that's on with your consumers. And then you create a hypothesis for this problem. And this hypothesis could be something like helping consumers to make the best decision for them, uh, whether or not to go for, for each one of these versions helps uh, us grow or whatever. And then later you might have 10, 20 test ideas that fall into this bucket, into this behavioral hypothesis, and then go from there. So you're going away from testing like a Swiss cheese, like with hundred holes to actually having a strategy. And later you can see, okay, maybe this is not working out at all. It's it's not what's keeping customers from, from purchasing, but it's other things. And you'd usually have like three to five behavioral hypotheses that you then also see, okay, what's what's really working for our consumers. And that's how, but usually this is for, for companies that are already, already quite mature when you can really test and when, where you can also validate uh, all these uh, than test-based hypotheses. So maybe this is not something for, for very small brands that want to start out with A-B testing, but for those that are very mature. Nevertheless, I think as a company, focusing on consumer problems is always the best way to start because then you're solving really what's at the core of the business and this then helps you better understand your, your customers. Yeah, if, if, I, if I'm focusing on these customer problems and maybe have these uh, hypotheses and these test ideas, I could scale up on the back of these. What factors should I consider when I implement these test ideas at the end? You mean in, in, in terms of prioritization or? Yeah, in terms of prioritization and how to evaluate them mm -hmm. afterwards. If we're talking test ideas, then I think prioritization, we, we already covered a little bit, but 
I think with every test study, you should be very sure and, and you should also write it down somewhere. Uh, we do this in our um, experimentation documentation tool, but you should be very sure that what you're doing is reflected and is in a KPI in, in, in a metric somewhere. For example, you don't want to just make a change and then not be sure how to measure them. Just make sure that whatever you're changing is measurable. For example, this could be in, this could be a conversion rate. This could be the ARPU, which is the average revenue per user um, or whatever it is you really need to optimize. Again, look at your goal tree map, what is contributing to your to your bottom line here. And then if you evaluate that, um, there's tools um, you can find on cxl.com, for example, for A-B test calculators. So you can evaluate how long does this test need to run because you don't want to just, in most cases, just trust the, the A-B testing tool, but just also evaluate how long does this test need to run in order for us to be actually be able to validate this change. And then there's also other calculators where you put in the numbers when the test is finished and it tells you basically what decision to make. And this is either to implement or go on, move to the next test. Could you tell me an example of uh, one of your brands that you've managed that how these works in the real environment of physical reality, like in hypothesis, it's it's great like problem, hypothesis, test ideas, and at the end, the money is changing in the in the caching machine. Uh, how does it work? How, how long it, does it take? Hey, for example, we, we uh, work with uh, Head Nutrition, German brand. They uh, offer functional foods. And uh, with them, I'm not sure how many... The, it is now uh, in, in terms of tests we've run, but we found out that usually tests take between four to six weeks. Now with attribution and all this, it's it's becoming harder, of course, to do six-week tests, especially uh, web-based tests. But usually if it was to look all overall tests, it would probably be four weeks per test that we need because, but also with, with traffic going up, you usually need less time. Um, but we, we set a, a minimum requirement of a test running two weeks just also just to have not only one week, but really two business cycles, we usually call them, that we, we take. And yeah, that's usually it. And then from that, we calculate how many tests can we run per year. With some brands that we work with, it's uh, we can only run like two to four tests a month. With some, we run like eight to 10, but it really depends on, on how big the brand is. And on our website, we offer a very straightforward uh, calculator where it shows you how many tests with your current data, like uh, average revenue, per, uh, sorry, um, AOV conversion rate and the amount of visitors, unique visitors you have in your site, how many tests you could be running, for example. Do I need a workshop to do with my colleagues or my owner partners to make this goal tree or this any any of these researches? Or I need to back it up with data and row material yeah how to figure out where to start if i'm on my own like one thing with the goal trim that i mentioned earlier if you don't have this already like an, a basic understanding of what are the contributing factors to your business and the goal trim map you should definitely do it and if you can get support from your c-suite or from management definitely do that but in in most companies especially the the ones a bit more established they already have this is like oftentimes part of a business plan or something similar. So this should already be present. If not, um, do it. And of course, like back things up with data, right? If you want to hit a target, um, there is no point in just having, uh, knowing which metrics to, to optimize, but you also need to know where are you currently? Like how many customers do you have currently? What's your current customer growth rate? And all these kind of things. So of course, back it up with data. If it has to be raw data or not, depends on, on your analytics setup, uh, on your business intelligence setup and all these kind of things. But the better the data, the more 
transparent and, and clear this picture also gets, of course. Yeah. You can do this in form of a workshop or do it on your own and then, then just make sure that these numbers are correct. A workshop is oftentimes, in fact, a, a good way to, to approach it. If you had the time and energy to write a book, what would be the title of it in regards with testing ideas and experimentation? This is might be a bit counterintuitive, but I don't think I'd write a book for uh, people in, in, in marketing or in, in experimentation space. But I have actually started writing a book, Experimentation for Kids. I think the biggest lever is in getting people to make decisions based on real test results and uh, based on experiments. And I think fostering this mindset in kids is one of the most important things that you can do, even if they never go into experimentation, but just for as a, as a skill set to learn throughout your career. So I think I would probably be writing, well, I will actually keep writing this book and making it just fun to experiment and telling a story around it. Not sure how it will play out, but let's see. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you will teach the next generation of experimental people. I would love to, but uh, let's take it step by step and uh, I'll start with one. <laughs> and last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition for DTC brands. And I will ask uh, four quick questions from you and I want some quick answers let's go rapid fire uh, sure. the first first is maybe connected with this book stuff that what books or influencers would you recommend to read or follow for a d2c brand books like the lean startup uh, definitely a good idea um and uh, there's a couple others that i can't name by uh, the title of the book but uh, books that help you validate ideas I think as a startup, you really need to um, understand are you, if you're going in the right direction, are you solving the right problems? And with validation methods that are described in such books, it's uh, the best way forward. Great. Second is, what is the biggest mistake that DTC brands could make? The single biggest one. Not including their customers in their decisions. Uh, the third is, could you tell me your quick growth tip related to D2C brands? This is always a funny one uh, because people always want to, to have the silver bullet. Of course. I think the, the, the best growth tip from, from a CRO perspective is actually getting to know your users and uh, reflecting their voice on your landing pages and uh, product detail pages. What tools would you use as a DTC brand for growth? I mean, for growth, there is a lot in general you can do. Probably one that I would invest in is if you're able to A-B test, uh, probably would be an A-B testing tool, categorically speaking. If not, it would be uh, survey tools to better understand uh, your users and ask questions. Great. Thanks, Niels, for accepting my call and giving this tremendous amount of value for the listeners. I hope it uh, provided value. Thanks for taking the time, man. Amiklas, it was, was fun. And let's do this yeah, again. I hope it will continue. And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.